You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Primary character and, and the author of Job 29, specifically the first three verses, is Job. One meaning of Job is, is persecuted. And of course, Job went through horrendous persecution and it, it wasn't just the enemy that was persecuting him, it was his, his friends. Seemingly, Job went through what Jesus talked about hundreds of years later. Jesus talked about your worst enemies are going to be folk that are close to you. Jesus even went so far to say they're going to be in your, your house. Figuratively, they're going to be extremely close. Woo, I wonder, have, have you ever felt like somebody was your enemy that you told you loved them? I love you even though you treat me like I'm your nemesis. I'm not your enemy, but that's how you treat me. And so he was going through it on, on one hand from Satan and on the other hand he, he was going through it when it came to his, his friends. Ooh, and I almost left out one. His wife. is it's rough when, you, when, when your wife wants you to just die. And tells you she wants you dead. Woo, Job lived up to his name or the meaning of his name, persecuted. But that's not the main thing I want to deal with in reference to Job. I, I want to talk about his, his patience or his perseverance. And when you consider patience a perseverance, is basically when you go through a hard trial or something horrendous, but you do not allow the thing that you're going through to cause you to act out of character. Despite what is being said, despite what is being done, you are holding on to your integrity. Sharp words are coming at you, but you're not allowing the fact that you're upset come out of your mouth. Sometimes you, you, you can want to say something. But, but your integrity says, hold your peace. You ever felt like doing something, but your integrity say, look, you're, you're bigger than the situation. Don't allow her to cause you to go where you know you have no business going. Just hold your peace. 
had patience. He was a person of perseverance to where even though he was going through something to where in one sense it would have been right for him to say something. Would have been right for him to react in a certain way. His integrity would not allow it to happen. And that's something we need because we're going to go through some things but we cannot allow our feelings to interfere with the process that that God is taking us through. All that Job was going through at the time, dealing with the enemy and, and other things in his life, God had started the process. And, and so Job, a man of God, a man that believed in holding on to his integrity did not allow what he was going through to cause him to act out of character. And we need to learn from that because sometimes we, we allow little bitty things to cause us to act out of character. Get mad about things that we have no business getting mad about. Woo, just don't take my word for it. I don't want to be the bad guy in, in the room today. Just ask somebody, have, have you ever got mad about something real small? Remember you in church now. Ask him again, have you ever got mad about something real small? And allow words to come out of your mouth that you shouldn't have. Ooh, I got to be nosy. Let me see by a show of hands if anybody... I've been there like I've been there. I mean, something real little. I, and you just couldn't let it go. Somebody said something. They shouldn't have said it, but, but they said it. And, and for a minute, you weren't going to say nothing. But then you walked away and you thought about it. You, you ever did that? You, just, you, you, you were going to let it go, but then you just thought about it. And then your flesh calls you to remember what the person who said something to you did at one time or another. You walked away slowly. But when you thought about it, you couldn't wait to get back in the presence of the person. To tell him or her off. Job had integrity. And his wife knew it. She, she asked him, he said, hey, you, you still holding on to your integrity? You still acting holy? You still think God is a good God? Yes, he is. Because <laughs> she was ticked off because of all that had happened, but she wanted to know, you, you still? Really, the implication is, you know I, I ain't all holy like you no more. You know I done said what I had to say to God. But I can't figure out why you are still holding on to your integrity. He had patience, perseverance. He knew he was going through something hard, but a change was going to take place. Say to your neighbor, I'm going through something right now, but, but I just got to be patient because I know a change is going to take place. I wish the change would take place right now, but that's not his wish. But I know it's going to take place. Job so knew it to where he, he, he uttered out of his mouth in front of his accusers. I know my redeemer lives. I know he's going to redeem me.
I know God going to put me back in right standing. I know he's going to restore to me the joy of my salvation. I know God is going to, to bless me after all this. Say to your neighbor, you got to know that you're going to come through. And it's going to be better when all is said and done. Oh, I wonder if you feel it in your being. If you feel it in your God consciousness. That all of the trouble that's going on right now. Is going to turn completely around in your favor. I like how David said it. Weeping may endure for a night. But some joy is coming in the morning. Say to your neighbor, don't let what's going on steal your integrity. Hold on to your character. Hold on to your godliness. Keep thinking, talking, and doing what God told you to do. Don't move from your set place. It looks bad. But God is still sovereign. It looks like it's not going to get better. But God is still on the throne. Now, now I want to show you something that is so profound. After Job went through his ordeal. Decades later. James penned something about the perseverance or the patience of Job in James 5. Go, go, there, go there with me. Lord have mercy. Y'all hold on. Y'all just hold on a little bit. James is in the New Testament. We know that. Let's go to James chapter 5. That's, what, that's where we're going. James chapter 5. If you, get, you see Hebrews, James is, is next up. James chapter 5, verse 11. Notice the wording carefully. James said to people that were going through trials, which Joe was going through at the time. This is what he said to them. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. Endure is synonymous with patience or perseverance. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You wanted to cuss out, but you didn't. You endured it. You had your knife with you. You wanted to cut him, but you didn't. You endure it. Notice this. You have heard of the perseverance or patience of Job and seen, get this, the end. He talks about Job in his ending. You have seen the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Job endured all that stuff and then in the end God gave him back twice what he had lost all his children but in the end God gave him children restored all that he had plus God a plus God I like how Paul put he'll do exceeding abundantly above what you what you ask or what you think. And some of us have, have some imaginations, don't we? we? We done seen big things in our life, but God will do more than what you imagine. More than what you think. But he said, we, we have seen the end of Job. How he endured. He persevered. He was patient. And notice Who James deemed turned things around for Job? The Lord. 
he talked about how the Lord calls his ending to be fruitful, blessed. That's what James said. But the key to this verse is, James again, hundreds of years later, we have seen. You got to see your situation in Scripture. You got to see that what God did for one person, he'll do it for you. Why is that? Malachi 3 and 6, he changes not. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he did it for you, he'll do it for me. If he did it for somebody you don't know but you read about in the Bible, he'll do it for you. Never met the person. But because God did it for that person, he'll do it for you. Jane was trying to get folk that were upset to understand that their, their ending is going to be better if they endure. And what we need to understand is that our ending is going to be better if we don't turn into crybabies. If you don't murmur and complain about what you're going through right now, your ending is going to be better. If you quit being upset about what God did that you didn't like and give him the praise anyhow, your ending is going to be better. You can make a list of things you didn't like the way it turned out. But what I'm telling you... Forget that list and thank God for all that you've been through. Thank him for what you're going through right now. And watch him do for you what you or nobody else can do. And so Job, in Job 29, in the midst of a trial, hearing his accusers and trying to defend himself by, by saying this, that, and the other, begins to reflect about what God did for him in the past. One of the best things to do in dealing with your present is to think about how wonderful God was to you in your past. Because if he brought you through then, he'll bring you through now. If he heal you then, he'll heal you now. If he turned it around then, he'll turn it around now. And so he starts reflecting to the point to where he gets a hunger or a desire that what happened in the past would happen in the present. That was his hope. That was his desire. And this is what God wanted me to deal with in reference to you. Sometimes you, 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 you get to looking at your present situation in a way you shouldn't. And it can hinder, alter, or interfere with what God wants to do now. Sometimes your past can be an enemy when you look at it in reference to your flesh. But when you look at your past in reference to God, it can be a friend. 
It can be a blessing. It can be the thing that causes you to go from step one to step two. And so notice the heart of Job in, in the text. As we consider it again. He says in verse two, oh, that I were as in months past. As in the days when God watched over me. When he protected me. Now, now understand, God at the time was still protecting Job. But keep in mind, according to, to the first two chapters of Job, that the Lord also allowed the enemy to attack him. And, and see, as a human, sometimes when, when, when God allows attack or trouble to come our way, we think that he has moved his, his hand. Or we feel like his hand is not there the way it was in times past. So we see the humanity of Job. He, he knew that God was protecting him. He, he probably had testimony after testimony of how God rescued him from danger. Seen, unseen, known, unknown. Just like us. I wonder how many by a show of hands you, you can testify about how God protected you in the midst of a storm. He protected you from things that you didn't have the capacity to handle. But he stepped in and he protected you. But on the other hand, have you ever been on a place like Job to where you felt that God's hand was not there because you were comparing your present to your past? See, often when God gets ready to advance us, or promote us. He will allow us. To go through something. Harder. Than what we've been through. Why is that? Jesus was clear on why he allows it. Jesus said to whom much. Is given. Much is required. You're asking me to take you higher. But if I'm going to take you higher, I have to allow you to go through this, that, and the other. Keep in mind, James 5 and 11, we count them blessed that endure. When you consider scripture, when the Hebrew boys were put in the fiery furnace. Thereafter, promotion. When Daniel was cast into the lion's den, thereafter, promotion. But if you'll notice, Daniel and the Hebrew boy, they held on to their integrity. They kept thinking, talking, and doing according to the will of God. The Hebrew boys said to the king that, look, if you cast us into the fiery furnace, our God is able to deliver us. But then he thought about it. He said, but if he chooses not to deliver us, we're not going to bow to you. We're not going to bow to your image. They held on to their integrity. Say to your neighbor, it's about your integrity. It's about your character. When you go through trials, you got to hold on to your character so God can promote you. You got to hold on to your integrity so God can take you from one place, one stage to the next. But he knew God protected him. But, but then he goes on and, and he says this right here. 
He says in verse 3, when his lamp was shining upon my head. Figuratively, he, he remembers when God's lamp, which represents his word, was giving him direction. Was telling him exactly what to do. I got to show you a quick verse. I don't want to quote this one. Let's go to Psalm 119 and 105. Psalm 119 and 105. Now, Psalm is right next to Job. Now, keep in mind, he remembers when his lamp shone upon his head. He remembers it. All right, Psalm 119. Y'all there? 105. David said, your word is a lamp to my feet. A light to my path. Rightly divine the word, Job, when God shined his lamp upon his head, it was his, his word. He was giving him direction. Job, go left. Job, right now. Job, turn around. Now, take 10 steps. He was giving him clear direction. And notice, David experienced the same thing because God changes not. But see, there are times when God takes you to another level of maturity to where he will allow a period to come forth in your life to where it seems as if it's not clear. But it's not that it's not clear what he wants you to do. He is just allowing your season of trials to continue longer than you desire. You're asking him for direction, but God said, it's not time for me to give you direction. It's time for this trial to continue. I already told you to pray, so even though you want me to say something else, it's not time to say it. Just stay in the vein. Oh, Lord, move for me. It ain't time for me to move for you. It's time for you to be in the mode of endure. I know you want me to move it, but I ain't going to move it. I just need you to endure. And you have to be careful when God allows you to go through a trial for a season longer than you're used to. You have to remember that you're going to be better and you're going to be mature after the season. But because of your flesh and demons, they'll come and try to make it seem as if you're in a state of confusion. And see, you have to remember, according to 1 Corinthians 14, that God is not the author of confusion. Get this. But of peace. But see, because you want to hear and God is not telling you because he done already told you, you got to keep enduring until he decides it's time to say something else. And so the enemy said, see, you're confused now. God ain't going to move for you. And some people fall for it. Well, God ain't saying nothing. And then they, then they say this stupid thing that they say in the world. I got to do what I got to do. I done been praying. He ain't saying that. So I got to do what I got to do. So you telling us you, you, 
have the Holy Spirit, but you're going to get in your flesh. That's what that means. When you got to do what you got to do, you're going to get in your flesh. Ain't no money coming in and that's God. He ain't sending none. So I got to do what I got to do. No, you got to get in the flesh is what you're saying. There are periods when God has, is allowing a trial to come forth in your life. He ain't going to say nothing until it's time. He just wants you to endure and do what he told you in scripture to do. James 1 says, count it. What? Oh, joy. First Peter 4 and 12 and following says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is the trial you. Don't think it's strange. Well, what do I need to do? Rejoice. When you're going through something, whether, whether you look in the Old or the New Testament, you ought to have a praise. If you don't have a praise in the midst of your trouble, you're not going through your trial right. If you are not leaping for some joy, if you are not giving God the glory in the midst of your horrendous event, you are not handling your trial properly. You got to praise him in your trial. You got to hallelujah like you never hallelujah. You got to wave your hands. You got to give God Shabbat like you've never Shabbat him. You got to turn in victory even though when it comes to what you're looking at, you don't see a win. It looked like a lose-lose situation, but you got to keep in mind, you don't walk by sight, you walk by faith and the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. I'm going to tell you something. There have been times to where I asked God to move something. But he had sent forth a trial in order to mature me. In order to advance me. And, and when all was said and done, I endured the trial and he advanced me. In hindsight, I looked back and I said, Lord... Thank you for not removing the trial. Thank you for allowing me to go through what I went through. So that now I can be a testimony and a blessing to my brothers, to my sisters, to others that are going through it physically, mentally, emotionally, and otherwise. Say to your neighbor, you can't think it's strange what you're going through. You got to count it all joy. Get your dancing shoes on. Put on your party clothes. And start giving God the praise. Start giving God the glory. Start leaping for joy even though the band ain't no way around. Start running even though you ain't got no track at your house. Letting God know I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm going to give you the glory anyhow. I'm going to turn in victory anyhow. Because I know this going to pass. I know you're going to do exceeding abundantly above. All that I can ask or think. And let me tell you something, that light is still shining. Joe was going through it at the time to where he couldn't see that light the way he needed. He needed to see it, but that light never goes out. Tell your, tell your neighbor the light of God out. The word never ceases. It never stops. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not the word. That word is always going to work for you. That word is always going to change your situation. That word is always going to turn things around for you. Even though that word is not doing for you what you think it ought to be doing, it's still working. It never ceases. Job going through all that, but, but see, at the time, Job didn't know that God had told, say, you can do this, but you better not do that. 
Yeah, you can put your hand over here, but you better not put your hand over there. The word was still protecting him. But see, again, God allowed us to see Job's humanity. In order for us to understand there are going to be times to where you're going to feel like God is not speaking. God is not moving fast enough. But let me tell you, based upon the word and experience, if there's anybody that knows what they're doing, it's God. If it's anybody that's never going to forsake his child, it's God. He, he made it clear in the Old and the New Testament, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I'm going to be with you, get this, always. And see, that's the reason some folks say, there's no way you can backslide. God will never leave you. But sadly, folks will walk off from God. In John, the sixth chapter, Jesus put forth a hard word. And disciples that had been with him a long time when they heard it, they said, look, this is a hard word. Can't take that, Jesus. They walked away. Jesus looked at his original disciples, the 12, and said, will you also go? You on backslide too? Peter spoke up and said, Lord, where we going to go? Where we going to go? You got the words of eternal life. Or you got the words that changed our life for the better. I didn't get no words at the club that changed my life for the better. <laughs> Did you? Say to your neighbor, I didn't get no words. At the club or nowhere else that changed my life the way Jesus changed my life. The doctor didn't give me no words that changed my life like Jesus changed my life. The lawyer didn't give me no words that changed my life the way Jesus changed my life. All the girly girlies that I used to deal with, they didn't give me no words to change my life the way the Lord changed my life. Sisters, did a man ever give you words to change your life the way God changed your life? Look at somebody and say real quick, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Look at one more person and say, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. And, and then Job, if you'll notice, after he talks about how God gave him direction, then all of a sudden Job says something. That's based upon his past. But it's also a rhema to him. Saying to him that this is something you should do now. Notice. Because Job says by his light. I walked through now he in darkness right now this is what I'm saying he, he, he was speaking about his past but what he spoke he needed to apply it to his present H have you ever had a word come to you based upon what God did for you in the past that in your being you knew you needed to put it into action in your present. Lord, when I was in this situation back in the day, I, I, I just fasted and prayed. But then you looked at your present. I ain't fasting and praying. 
Lord, I gave back then to come out of my financial predicament. Oh, God, I've been holding back. God will allow you to look at your past in order to speak to your present. By his light, I walk through darkness. Because see, certain things you, you just don't know how to do because you're not on that level. And see, that's how you mature because you learn that God knows how to do everything. He's omniscient, all-knowing. So notice what he says again. By his light, I, I started walking <laughs> through darkness. Darkness represents a time of trouble, a time of distress. When as a human, looking at what you're going through is basically a hopeless situation. But as a God-conscious being, you recognize with him all things are possible. From my human standpoint, it's hopeless. But then with God, all things are possible. I love how Paul said it in Romans 8, 24 and 25. He says, he, he asked the question, why should we hope for what we see? He said, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with perseverance or patience. We just wait. For, we, we don't see it. We, we just keep thinking, talking, and doing the right thing. And he going to manifest it. Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 10, 35 and following. Catch not away therefore your confidence. Which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. Which is synonymous with patience and perseverance. That after you have done the will of God. You may receive the promise. And this is where you get happy. For he that shall come will come say to your neighbor jesus coming it may seem like your trial gonna last but he coming it may seem like it ain't gonna never end but he but hold on as i get ready to close notice notice john 3 and 19 because that there's something i need to deal with keep in mind what job said his light by his light he walked through Darkness. But go with me to John, the third chapter. Y'all ready to get to dance and then wait. <laughs> Hold that shout. Keep your foot still. John 3 and 19. Woo! Lord have mercy. This is what Jesus said. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come, or the word has come, into the world. But this is a sad thing. But men loved darkness rather than light. Because of that, because we're evil. God can show you what to do. But if you're in love with darkness, you won't do it. You, you, have, to be, you have to be careful because when you get to going through a horrendous time, you, you'll start clinging to darkness more so than light. Notice he basically implies that, that the darkness was their deed. 
hate and love for evil. See, you can get to going through a trial and you can get to blaming God so much to where you would rather blame God than obey his word. You can get to, you can get to going through a, a horrendous financial trial to where you would rather rob God of his tithes than obey his word. You can get to going through something so hard to where you done prayed and ain't nothing happening the way you want. You would rather stop praying and look for an alternative. And some of us know what I'm talking about. To where you got, on a, you got in financial trouble to where your solution wasn't to stop doing this, that, and the other. Oh, no. Your solution was to just rob God. Your solution wasn't to just keep praying because Luke 18 and 1 says men always ought to pray and not lose heart. No, your solution was, well, he ain't answered, so I'm just going to find me an alternative because I need something now. You'll start loving darkness, which again in the text represents evil, evil deeds, things that are wrong. You'll start loving it more so than you love God. And love in scripture always equates obedience. You'll start submitting more to the wrong thing than the right thing. And some of us look at looking uh, strange. But a number of us, including myself, have done it. Yeah, we have. Now, I did a long, long, long time ago when I was stupid, ignorant. But some of us, you knew better, but you still did it. You can't do that. See, see, that's the enemy's job, to get you out of the word. That means Jesus, one of the first things he did with the enemy is straighten him. He said, look, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Because the enemy wanted to try to get Jesus out of the will of God, which at that time... He wanted to get Jesus to break the fast before it was time. So he said, you need to eat. And so Jesus had to put on him, look, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Bottom line, I'm going to eat when the fast is over, but I ain't going to eat because you want me to eat that. And so you have to be to the point to where you hold on to your integrity despite what you're going through. It's dog, but you got to keep following the light. It ain't working out at the time you want it to work out, but you got to keep following the light. It's going to work out. You don't know how they talk. They're going to talk about you, but just keep following the light and it's going to work out. Keep doing what God told you to do and and eventually it's going to work. Y'all all right? Yeah. I say, y'all all right? Yeah. He walked through darkness despite what he was going through. And blessings eventually came to Job. But you can never choose darkness over light. When you choose darkness over light, God withdraws his his blessings. He withdraws his blessings. See, Job didn't know that, that, that in the end, God would calls his friends who had been accusing him to repent and apologize. But God had to do it because of his word. He said he'll make your enemies your footstool. 
He told all of them, y'all need to apologize to Job. Because what Job is saying is right. Confirmed that what Job had been putting before them was right. Now they were God conscious so they knew God was talking to them to the point to where they obeyed him. And, and they learned a great lesson that, that even though Job was suffering, the hand and blessings of God was still upon him. I got to show you one last scripture and I'm done. Let's go to Proverbs 10. Y'all still good? Yeah. Proverbs the 10th chapter. I'm closing. We're going to read the, the uh, sixth verse, Proverbs 10 and 6. Blessings are on the head. Where did that light shine? Over his head. Or on the head of the. Even while he was going through trials, blessings was upon him. Do you know, even while you're going through what you're going through right now, you're blessed? Even while you're being persecuted, do you know you're, you're blessed? Somebody said to me one time, you know, they, they, just, they show talking about you. I said, I'm blessed. I'm supposed to be talked about. I said, you ain't never read Job, how his, his own friends talked about him, but they learned that he was blessed. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. I used to try to fight and explain myself to folk. I don't do that no more. God will fight your battles. What did he tell Israel? Stand still. Get this. And watch. It's a certain thing God wants you to see. Not in the spirit with your natural eyes. He wanted Israel to see with their natural eyes. Stand still and watch. And they seen their enemies go down by the hundreds. Then by the thousands. Then by the tens of thousands. Then by the hundreds of thousands. Wipe out a whole nation. A whole nation. Because they touched his children. In our day and time, there is no record of any Philistine living. No record. Go throughout the world and try to find, is, is, is anybody still, that's a, wipe them completely out because they touched God's children. Ooh, I'm going to stop right there. Let's give God the praise.